Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome, everybody. The Nonprofit Exchange is about goals today. I'm attending a conference and have a little bit of a noisy background. So while our guest today, Joe White, is speaking, I will be muting myself so that there's no noise in the background. Um, I've known Dr. Joe White for a number of years. He's an expert in real estate. Uh, He's also an expert in leadership and goal setting, among other things. And uh, about a year or so ago, I asked him to participate in my nonprofit leadership empowerment symposium and teach the module on goal setting. And he was so good, it was better than me doing it. And so I invited him to come on the nonprofit exchange and talk about goal setting. And uh, Joe, we've shared one of your books, uh, the anthology, but I believe you have a book that's more about goals. So feel free to talk about that book. Joe White, welcome to the nonprofit exchange. Thank you, Hugh, and it's good to see you again. We have um, our co-host, Russell Bennis, who's having uh, technical issues, but he'll be on here to ask you some really hard questions later. He's, uh, he's streaming it live to uh, Facebook. So, Dr. White, would you tell us uh, about yourself, especially your background of, of working with leaders and setting goals? I, you know, he, one of the things is always I tell people that's unique about me is I'm a person that's never had a job my adult life. So in, in not having a job or a set occupation or a set system, I pretty much had to figure out goals and systems and things like that at a very early age. And you know, what kind of made me make that decision was when I had my first kid. And I was thinking to myself, without a college education, what can I do to make sure that she has, that my first daughter had the type of life that I felt like she deserved. And I knew entrepreneurship and business was going to be what I needed to do. And I, I quickly started reading and I still to this day, I go through about four books a week. Um, I study everything from business to entrepreneurship to real estate, um, to religion, to spirituality. And I use all of that information and I, and I put it into different systems that I use to help myself and help my clients. And I've been doing that geez, since the age of 16, 17 um, and always had some of some way of making income, you know, that I would create myself just basically out of my head. Um, I, I did real estate for a number of years. I took every course, you know, you could probably think of, went to every boot camp workshop, uh, quickly made over a million dollars in real estate, switched from real estate, did mental health for a while. Um, and then I just started doing speaking, consulting and things like that, working with clients around the world, helping them be better in, in the areas of entrepreneurship and real estate investing. That's more than I, I had previously known about you. So, I guess um, I feel something a little different. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's why I invited you to this call today, so we could learn some more about um, these different areas of expertise. So let's talk about this topic of goals. Everybody writes goals. Very few people accomplish goals, um, and I wanted to hone in on this particular piece because I've seen you teach this before. Why have you gravitated to this as one of the topics that you teach? I think that, you know, one of the things that I feel like I'm known for is making things simple for entrepreneurs and business people because every business has its own language. And if you were to go to Spain and you didn't speak Spanish or you were to go to Mexico and didn't speak Spanish, you couldn't get a lot accomplished. So what I try to do is make things simple. Uh, And so one of the first steps I think everybody needs to learn is how to set proper goals. It's the foundation on which everything else in your business and your life is built upon. Uh, So I felt like that was the best place to to start. And and I have been doing, I read Think and Grow Rich when I was 14 years old and I've been setting goals ever since. Uh, So, and, and I always learn something new. I'm constantly studying. It is not like I learned about goal setting and I stopped. I constantly study. And then what I did is, I simplified the major techniques of goal setting so that the average person could understand. And I've seen you present a short lesson on this. Are you prepared to give us a, a Joe White's overview of setting 
setting, achieving goals? I am. Well, I'm going to be all ears. We're going to listen for a little bit, and then uh, Russell has been known to take notes and come back with really hard questions, so be prepared. Okay, I'm ready for you, Russ. So, so Hugh, what I'll tell you is the system that I use for goal setting, I call GPS. Just like you have a GPS in your car, you have a GPS on your phone, and it's pretty, the purpose of the GPS is to guide you from one point to the destination you're looking to go to. And so I feel like GPS was the appropriate title for what I consider to be my goal setting system. And, and that stands for when I do that. When I say GPS, in this particular case, GPS stands for goals, purpose, steps. And sometimes I interchange system with steps because sometimes we go through the steps and sometimes we put a system in place in order to get what we actually um, need to get. Um, what is a goal, basically? I mean, it's something you want to achieve. You know, something you want to achieve in your life, in your business, in your personal life, or wherever it is. Um, most people die within five years of after retiring. And the reason why, when I'm studying that, and I've been reading reports on that, why they die is if we're not growing, we're dying. So, so if you lose your purpose for life, basically what I'm saying is you're, you're probably going to die shortly after. Now, some people, if they retire, they'll switch and do something else, whether it's taking care of the grandkids, whether it's going to another part-time job. But if we're not constantly working towards something, it's like there's no reason to live. And so goals are that important to our life. And basically, what we focus on is what we get. And that's why it's important to, to find things that we have to focus on for achievement. What really makes us happy, you know, and it's hard to define happiness, I think what makes us happy is seeing progress. Something about progress in the hum in human beings make us happy uh, or make us feel fulfilled. You know, if you think about it, and why I say that, I'll give you an example. You know, when we're growing up, most of the time in, in the house where we live, our mom would take and she would mark with a mark or have you stand up, mark with a mark over your head, how tall you were. And you just couldn't wait like every month to see if you had grown, you know, or you would say, you know, I used to be that small. And now I'm this tall, you know, I was three feet, now I'm four feet, and we would get happy or we would get excited to see that we had grown an inch or two inches and see how tall we got. That was progression. And that was a way of measuring progression. And we didn't understand that that was almost like goals because a lot of people would say, you know what, I can't wait to get as tall as dad or I can't get, wait to get as tall as my brother. We were really setting goals. We were using the, the notches on the door or on the wall as a way of measuring that and showing the progression. And that's basically what I'm talking about when I'm talking about GPS. You know, let's set a goal, let's measure the goal, let's put a system in place for getting that goal and knowing if we're on track or off track. So, so the other thing that I love to tell people about is what's called goal alignment. And, and this is what I really talked a lot about here at, at your event. Um, we all, most people understand the basics of goals, but what they don't understand that is there has to be a balance to goals. So you just can't have a goal that make a million dollars and not have other goals. And, and I'll give you some examples and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I set goals in every major area of my life. And just like a car has to be aligned. If, if you drive a car and the car's not, the tires aren't aligned, when you start to go fast, the car will start to shake. It could go off the road, you could crash, something could happen bad because you're going fast, but you haven't aligned the car. And the same thing happens, you know, in our life when we don't align our goals. So you have to set goals in all the major areas of your life, not just in the financial area or the weight loss area. So you have to set goals, say, in your physical area. And the reason why that's important, and I'll give you examples of how goal alignment works in each of those areas, is say, for instance, I don't set a physical goal to exercise and take care of my health and go to the doctor and get checkups, you know, if I'm working on these financial goals and my business goals and I get sick or I have a heart attack or something happens to me, all of those goals now crash. And then my number one focus, because what we say, well, when focus grows, will end up having to be on my health. So I have to have health goals. In my spiritual life, I have to have spiritual goals because a lot of times that's where fulfillment comes in. That's where balance comes in. Uh, my family life, if, if I don't take care of my kids, you know, there's so many people who are wealthy who have problems with their kids, where the kids are on drugs or the kids are, you know, whatever's happening with the kids, the kids are getting in trouble. When that comes up, now you have to take your focus off your business or the money and deal with the kids because they're in trouble because you didn't make taking care of your kids or teaching your kids or doing certain things for your kids part of your goals. 
So part of my goals are physical and spiritual and family and friends. I mean, I don't know how about you, but I mean, I know we've all had a situation with a friend and we say, you know what, I really mean to call this person and then something happens or the friend passes, look, you know, God forbid, the friend passes and you feel really bad because you feel like, you know what, I didn't call that friend or that family member before they passed. And so we, a lot of times we have to have goals in the friend area. We have to have goals in the spouse area. How many people you know have been successful in business and then they get a divorce and they lose it all or they lose half or they lose the focus or now later on they're regretting saying, hey, you know what, I, I'm enjoying the money, but I wish I had a better relationship with my wife or my kids. Uh, you know, there has to be goals in every single area of your life. And you got to look at where are these different areas? What are these different roles and responsibilities? I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a business owner. And you have to set goals for each of those. And if you don't, what ends up happening is you're going to have a crash in one of the other areas that's going to take away from you achieving those goals. So that's what goal alignment is. And, and that's why that balance is super important. And I, a lot of people don't think about that when they think about goals. Um, and the next thing is the P. Do you guys question him? I, I didn't know you were coming in. This um, is good stuff. Um, I, I, you got my attention when it said people die five years after they retire. That's why Russ and I never retire. We keep pushing out the inevitables later and later. <laughs> no, this is, this is so good. And the people set goals without the realization of what's the benefit. How's it going to benefit me in my life? And you've you've sort of talked talked about that a little bit. But go ahead. This is a this is extremely valuable stuff. We and before you you end, I want to focus on personal goals and then corporate goals. You know, we we're leading a charity or a church or a synagogue, so there's organizational goals. But very often we don't write personal goals and and then compare the two. So. Let me let me not interrupt you anymore. This is really really good stuff, and uh, making He's making making comments. So, Russ, are you uh, is your audio working yet? I don't know if his audio is working yet. I see. Are you there? Okay. I'm gonna try. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you on the tablet. So I'm glad you're here. So yes. uh, just know, uh, Joe, that he's 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 capturing sound bites in his his brilliant way, okay. and. Um, He'll, um, he'll have a chance to come back and question. So, Russ, if that's okay, we'll let him finish his presentation part, and then I'd like to throw it to you for a few questions, if that works for you. That will work. All right, now, Joe, go on. What you said is very important, and those are all areas of management. And everybody has two main areas of management, which are the personal areas of management and your business areas of management. And each of those areas have to be aligned. Um, but you know you want to balance out your business area what are the key elements in business to make you successful and set goals in those areas what are the key elements that you know you need for your personal life and you have to set goals in all those ways um and that's one of the things that i started doing and because i used to think you know what i only need a business goal or a sales goal or a money goal but i quickly learned that i have to balance all those areas business and personal but going to the p in, in gps because g stands for goals and the p stands for purpose it's your why you know, because I can tell you about setting all these goals, but it doesn't make a difference if you don't have why. The why is the gas in the tank of the car. It's what makes things go. Um, if I tell you don't touch the stove, you know, we would tell little kids don't touch the stove. And the first thing they say is why? And you say, because it's hot. You know, and maybe they don't understand at first, but the moment they touch the stove, they quickly understand that it's hot. So that's the motivation why. You know, if, why don't we run red lights? You know, why does, why does everybody stop at a red light? Because you'll get a ticket. Uh, and that motivates us not to do it. And so we have to understand what anything we're doing, what's our why? Why are we doing it? What are we going to get? What feeling, what, what um, reward are we going to get from actually achieving that goal? Because that's going to be the motivation of makes, what actually makes us go after it. And if we don't understand that why, a lot of times what happens is we don't achieve the goal. So a lot of people, one of the most uh, average, the, the normal goals that everyone wants to set is how to lose weight. And the problem becomes a lot of times the why isn't strong enough. The why isn't more powerful than the ice cream sundae. Uh, and so sometimes we have to kind of do a deep dive within ourselves and figure out why we want it. Because sometimes it's not important enough to us. We're, we're okay with where we are. And so sometimes people don't go after that, that goal. So we definitely want to go with a strong why. And then the S is steps or our system. 
Um, if you remember before there was GPS, everyone would pretty much have like a map. We would get these maps from the gas station and how we would gauge if we were taking a trip from say Winston-Salem where I live to Orlando, Florida where Hugh is now is that, you know, we would look on the map and we would see the different cities along the way. You know, I would see, okay, in an hour and a half, I'll be in Charlotte and then I'll be in Georgia and then I'll be, you know, in uh, Jacksonville and, and then I'll be in Orlando. So that was a way of us gauging that we're going in the right direction. Um, sometimes with my GPS, it screws up and it, it sends me on a wrong road and then it'll reroute me back the right way. Um, and that happens to us sometimes too long when we're doing goals that we start to go in the wrong direction and we have to reroute ourselves to go back in the right direction. So I'm saying all that to say is that if we have a goal to lose, say, 30 pounds, we want to plan stops along the way. We want to say, okay, month one, we're going to lose 10 pounds. And month two, we're going to lose 10 pounds. Month three, we're going to lose 10 pounds. So that when we gauge or we check, we know that we're headed in the right direction. And if we're not, then we know that we need to meaning that we need to do something different. Even we need to exercise more, we need to die more, whatever it is we need to do. But that's just a way of gauging if we're going in the right direction. Um, the other thing is the systems. You know, a lot of times you don't have to think of everything yourself. There's systems already in place created by other people that allows you to just kind of plug and play. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of systems. I mean, I have, I, mean, I listen to Dave Ramsey, I use his budgeting system and there's different dieting systems. And if you think about a company like McDonald's, every hamburger, uh, every Big Mac and every McDonald's tastes the same way. Uh, and that's because they have a system in place to make it the same no matter where you go. And there are systems in every area of life that you can plug and play that will help you get the result that you're looking for. Um, but again, that goes back to that why. If, if it's not a strong enough why, you don't move forward on the different systems and actually do the things that you're supposed to do. Um, questions for us? Well, good so day. Let's, um, Thank let you Russ jump in here. Oh, thanks for, for joining us. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I, I love the GPS. It's really a good direction. Uh, and we rely on these for our cars. We rely on them to keep us going the way that we're going. And so it's important to put the right information in the GPS. So why is really critical. Uh, Joe, how long have you been using the GPS system and how have you, what sort of success have you had with people you work with in explaining this system? It certainly sounds like something that people once they hear about it, uh, get it. Mm -hmm. well, I've been using it for five years. Um, I use it a lot of times on projects. I have a lot of clients that I work with. Some of these are celebrity clients, um, and I'm working on projects, whether they're movies and television shows, major real estate projects, projects for hedge funds. And pretty much, even though they're all big strategic projects, they may be small, and some of them be, are up to $10 million, the premise is pretty much still the same. There's a goal that they want at the end. You know, whether it's the movie to get the movie made, it's the TV show to get the season filmed. If it's a real estate project to raise the money in order to buy the project, and it's the same process, GPS. And so I've used that process with major clients to just regular people. Yeah. Do you, do you find that, that people uh, that work with this system enjoy using it? And what are the results that they've gotten as a result of using that, uh, using the GPS system as opposed to what they were trying before? What I find is people like things that they can relate to something else. What, what helps us understand something is when we can say, okay, this is sort of like this. Um, and so when you can say, okay, you know what, I get it because I can think of a map and destinations and directions and kind of get what we're doing. So it's pretty simple. Um, current project I'm working on is for a large television show and, and a large celebrity has been on TV for years. And we used the system on funding and, and getting this project done, had great results, raised a half a million dollars. I'm using the system now currently with a uh, former NBA player um, and he's raising $5 million. We've had great progress. We're still in the middle of the system, but we, we, we've had great progress. And I've used it um, for myself for years. I've used it also with my kids. I mean, I don't tell my kids what to do anymore because they're all in college, but I coached them. 
Um, and this is one of the things I coached him on is, okay, okay let's do, what are your goals? And, you know, do, what type of grade do you want to get in this class? Um, and what, how many hours do you need to put in? And, and how much you need to study? What do you need to study? And, you know, things of that nature. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm working with my daughter now who's taking the bar. And, you know, we're using GPS to get her prepared for the bar, which her goal is to pass the bar and then, you know, start to practice law. So, so far we're having great success with her as well. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing with this, the, this system, I think what makes it so beautiful is that it's simple, but it can be deceptively simple because of the concept. Have you found people that stumble with it uh, or just stumble grasping the simplicity of it and applying it to their goals? I think that goes back to that, that why piece. You know, it's, it's not, most things to do with success are easy anyway. And we all pretty much know what we need to do. You know, if we need to lose weight, we know that we need to move more, eat less. What, what stops us from doing that is, is not having a strong enough why. You know, you want something that you shouldn't have more than you want the results that you want. And so I don't think it's so much it is hard I think it, it, discipline comes into anything that you want to achieve. Anything you really want, there's an element of discipline. You know, I, I always think about people who pray but never do take any action. Or um, there's a funny story I heard about a lady who wanted to win the lottery, and she would get up every single morning for a year, and she would say, you know, God, please let me win the lottery today. Lord, I help, hope I win that million dollars. And she kept doing this for a year, and finally God got tired. He said, hey, listen, lady, I need some help. At least buy a ticket. So that's what I find that a lot of people do. They don't buy a ticket. <laughs> so when, when people come to you, uh, and they've probably gotten to know who you are, but when people come to you, uh, where do they typically find themselves? Do you, is, is a typical person that comes to you someone who's already a high-performance person, or do you get people who are stuck either personally and professionally uh, looking for solutions? I think a lot of people find me when they have vision confusion. They have a vision of something they want, but it's almost like they don't know how to get it. But what I do believe that a good coach does, a coach doesn't really give you the answers. Mentors give you the answers, but what a coach pretty much does is pull the answers out of you that, you already, that are already there, but you just don't believe they can, that, that those are the answers. You know, I find with, with anybody I work with from celebrities to my kids that they all have the same similar issues. They know the answers. You just got to pull it out of them. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I think people are in, have an inherent genius and they, they get blocked. And you talked about the word belief, and I think that's critical uh, because I've had blockages and it's really a matter of what I believe would actually happen. So when you meet a person and they're in that place and, and it's clear to you that, that the belief is the problem, uh, how do you approach going about getting them on track, uh, uh, seeing the possibilities when they're stuck? I think that there's something I use called the power of questions. And anytime there's something you want, I think that if you sit down and, and you pray first and you sit down with a piece of paper, a yellow sheet of paper, and you write one through 50, and I, and I say, you know what, write 50 ways to make this happen. Let's take the top three ways that you come up with, and I want you to read those top three ways every single day. Um, there's something also, too, about the subconscious mind. Um, and that's when you go back to reading Thinking Go Rich and I read Thinking Go Rich. Normally I fall asleep with it playing on my audio book and I'll wake up and play it again. Um, also building that subconscious mind, that self-confidence, doing affirmations, redoing it every single day to kind of build your confidence and your faith in yourself. And then going back to those solutions that you know you should use and implement them. You know, I was I wrote something on Facebook the other day that motivation gets you in the game. Execution keeps you there. And that is, it is about executing, it's about actually just taking action. I think that for me, I've had to act my way out of these blockages more than anything else. And so once you get somebody to believe, do you, do you, do you start on a, on a small scale or do you just say, here, we're going to go into this at, at full speed 
do you start at a small scale, build small victories, or does that approach vary from person to person? I think it varies from person to person because different people need different things. I mean, I've had celebrities that you would think that, that I work with that you would think that would be far ahead of the average person, and they're really not. Um, because everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. You know, that, that's what, you know, I guess when most people do a SWAT, you know, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses? And we normally talk about that. And then we look at, do we need to strengthen the strengths or do we need to strengthen the weaknesses first? So that's normally where the, the first place that I start. Um, and then also too, are you the right person to be doing certain things? There's some things that you may shouldn't do. You know, that maybe if you're bad at accounting or bad with money, instead of being getting stronger at, at, at budgeting, maybe you need to bring in someone who's already stronger that a, a CFO or something like that to handle that particular issue. So like I said, everybody we deal with a little bit differently. Okay, yeah, I, I think it's probably better to work from your strengths. Sometimes we can burn a lot of energy working on some weaknesses. Do you, do you find that, that that's a big part of the roadblock, too much focus on the weakness? Most definitely. You know, I recently I, I was doing a lot of studying on how to do WordPress to do my own website development. And I found myself spending so much time on it. And I said, you know what? The time I'm spending on trying to learn this, I could have hired somebody and been doing something that actually uh, matters, that makes me money. It's not that it's not important. And I like to be able to update it. And I've got that part. But some of the design, it's just not, I don't think it's a good use of my time to learn how to do all that. And I think we all have to look at, you know, what, what things should we remove from our day or remove that we don't do? You know, um, what are, where do you spend? There's a, um, something I call the time money equation. Is this the time I'm spending worth the money I would make doing the major things that I do? And if it's not, I don't need to be doing it. And that may be cleaning the house. That may be cutting the grass. That may be washing the car, whatever it is. Um, the majority of our time needs to be spent on what's the major, the most important things we need to do to make progress. Okay. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think that's really uh, a good way to measure it. Does the time spent actually pay for itself? Does it pay for itself? And so I, everybody's sort of got a little bit of a different uh, value. Do you, do you tend to, to move people toward monetary value? Is it? personal or core value as a, a goal value? How do you help people prioritize uh, uh, that cost and that value, that time spent? I think there's different currencies. And, and although we sometimes only think of money as a currency, time is a currency, um, health is a currency. So I think we have to look at everybody, what is the most important currency? You know, because do you want to free up your time so that you can work on the other areas that we talked about in your goals, keeping that system balanced? So now I'm going to stop doing the things that, that I'm not good at. I'm going to outsource them, but I'm going to take and focus on freeing up the currency, which is time. So I can spend that with family and friends or my wife or my, or whoever, so that I can achieve the goals and those that other areas that we were talking about is important. Um, there's all kinds of currencies. I just don't want to think money is the only currency because some people, their goal is not to make a lot of money. It's to make enough money to be comfortable, but to still have enough time to spend with their family and enjoy life. So I think there's a balance that we all have to find. Yeah, and I, you know, I believe that people don't just want money for the sake of having money. I think it's, it's what are the things that money are going to allow me to do? And so that might mean spending more time with family. That might mean a vacation. And that might mean uh, uh, providing help to uh, uh, or actually spending time working on a cause that's important to them. That's a little bit different for everyone, I believe. Um, so how many, uh, as, as, a, as a group, I know you work with people from many different walks of life. Uh, do you find that people who are what I call difference makers, so my, my friend Wendy Lipton Dibner, they're people with the heart space. Uh, they're either faith-based or they're working in, in, with a charity. 
Do you find that that these folks are more conflicted than folks that work in the corporate area, or are are the problems universal really, regard regardless of what type of profession a person takes I think on? They, I think they're universal. I think that you know it's just there may be again the different currencies that they're looking for, but I think it's universal. Um, what what they're actually looking for, you know, some people in the heart space, you know, is to make a difference in as many lives as possible. And some other people, they're looking to make money and maybe they use that money to make a difference. So I, I think it just depends, it depends on the individual. Yeah. yeah. How common is it when a person is sort of stuck uh, professionally uh, for it to be uh, a personal heart space type of matter? Do you, do you find that most of, of the blockages, uh, regardless of what they are, can be traced to, to personal uh, confusion or, or blockage? Well, I think sometimes we, we want to repeat the same act, but the show has moved on. And what I mean by that is, is, is things change. When you look at commercials, and they always have those commercials where they show the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you'll start to see like a big change in fashion, but also the energy in a way, um, how everybody looks. So I think every 10 years, the world changes. And if you don't change in that 10 year space with the world, a lot of times you get left behind and then you're stuck because you, you're still trying to use what worked that 10 years in this team. You know, I, I look at some of the changes that are coming up and I, I see a lot of people about to get stuck. You know, we have a system where um, they're, they're doing now self-driving trucks. And over the next six years, they're probably going to get rid of 60 to 70% of truck drivers. We've got self-driving cars. We've got screens at restaurants now that are, going to be taking orders. And so if you're still trying to drive a truck and 70% of the work is gone, then of course you're going to be stuck. So a lot of times I think what happens to people that we're not adapting. I, one of the blogs I'm working on now right is, is what would happen if you got fired today? Um, it's one of the reasons why I'm really big on entrepreneurship and I love working with entrepreneurs. And that's one of my goals is because, you know, there's not the job security that we used to have. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, so many jobs are going overseas, again, technology. So I think that we have to adapt with the times. We have to always be growing. Again, we, we went back to when we was talking about, you know, when people don't grow, they die. And, and so I think that, you know, a lot, there's a lot of people I come across that I talk to who haven't read a book since high school. I mean, they spend all their time either working or on TV. Well, the Hey, Russ, those are, those are really good questions. Um, I was going to encourage you to make them harder and harder. But uh, <laughs> you kind of come And, and uh, what, what Russ and I know to be true, and I discovered this about Joe a while back, is that we in CenterVision, uh, Russ is one of the Wayfinders with me in CenterVision, is we reframe a consultant to Wayfinder, but we also reframe the strategies that aren't working. And... Uh, so I would want to know from Joe uh, a couple of things. And Russ, maybe you had a couple more and I interrupted you. I'm uh, sorry if you do. I'll let you have another question or two. But may I ask two right here? Go for it. And it's piggybacking on what you're, uh, you're setting up so well. Um, what, are, what are some of the things that people do that are wrong that, that hurt them? You know, what, are, what are some of the worst practices? You're giving us some best practices. What are some of the things that people should avoid doing? And then, Russ, I'll let, give it to you, and then you can take us out. We're in the last uh, 15 minutes of the interview, so I'll let you do a wrap, if you will. I would say number one is not being consistent. I think sometimes you have the start-stop issue, where they start something, they do it for a week or two, and then they stop. You know, if you start losing weight and working out, and then you stop, of course your body's going to go back to where it was before, and then you're starting over. And then a lot of times when they start over, they get discouraged or they can't find that same why that actually motivated them the first time. The other thing is to being around or listening to people who don't have their, um, their best interests at heart. So, so a lot of times what happens is when you start to make progress in your life, that makes people around you who aren't making progress uncomfortable because if you can do it, then they have to look at themselves and say, you know what, why aren't I doing it? And it's much easier to start try to stomp on your dreams or tell you you shouldn't be wasting your time losing weight um, 
than it actually is to actually do something themselves. So I think that sometimes, when we, well, I think all the time, when we start to make change, we have to start to do, be what's called friendly but not familiar. And what I mean by that is, even with family, sometimes we have to distance ourselves. Sometimes we have to just show up at the um, Thanksgiving dinner, but maybe in between that, we don't talk as much because you know we're working on our goals and we don't need anything to taint that process or start to contaminate that process. We need to stay focused on it and we need to stay consistent. That is, yeah, some people won't lift you up. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to leave people behind and I think that's kind of a common problem. If I change, I'm gonna start losing people and that becomes, uh, it's really a personal challenge to, that kind of creates an, an inner conflict. Uh, so, you know, one of, one of our running jokes that, that I have with Hugh is that when I'm standing in the room and I look up and realize that I'm the smartest guy in there, I run like hell to find myself, <laughs> find myself another room because uh, there's, there's that disconnect. So, so tell me a little bit about, uh, because I know that the work you do has a way to build in accountability as part of that system. So um, do you find that a lot of people make commitments to others they don't make to themselves? And, and in those instances, how do you help them work around that? I deal with that all the time. Um, matter of fact, that's really what a lot of times a coach does also too, is, is we're almost like a, a paid accountability partner. Um, what, what I find out, find a lot of people is, and I'm guilty of this too, it's very, you know, we'll keep promises to, our, to others, but we won't keep them to ourselves. And when you don't keep promises to yourself, that's actually what starts to kill your self-esteem and your confidence. Because now you don't have confidence in your own word. Just like if, if you kept breaking promises to your, your kids, eventually they just won't believe what you say. So if you think about, if you do that to yourself on a constant basis, say, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to achieve this, I'm going to make $10,000, and it doesn't happen over a period of time, you actually lose confidence in yourself. Whether you feel it or not, that's actually happening. So what I believe is you even make a public declaration, whereas you may go on Facebook and say, hey, I'm going to do this by this time, because people will normally say something about it. Uh, or you have an accountability partner who checks in with you once a week and says, you know what, this is what I did towards my goal, and maybe you do the same thing for them, or you pay somebody to be accountable to them. You know, when I when I had a trainer, I felt like he was trying to kill me. I don't know if he had life insurance on me, what was going on, but I had to be accountable. He would ask me every single week, "Let me see your food journal. What did you eat?" So uh, that accountability does help. Yeah, I have an accountability coach. Wonderful guy. Hugh knows him. Uh, He's become a very good friend, Ryan Roy. Uh, and the name of his business is uh, Justify, Just Do It. It's reasons or results. And uh, I think there's a level of comfort that comes from uh, uh, finding a reason why something didn't happen, you know. Uh, sometimes what we do doesn't work, but do you find that you come across a lot of people that would rather be in that comfort zone than the, than the actually uh, uh, really look at results is 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 excuse making something that that happens frequently. I think we all do that at times. We make an excuse um, as a way of fooling ourselves into thinking uh, and a way of, of keeping ourselves comfortable, but when it's not getting us closer to our goals. Um, I think that, you know, one of the reasons why we have to measure constantly is because when we measure something and we come up with a way of measuring something, there's no way we can deny that we're not getting results. So, but the other thing is too, sometimes you got to come up with multiple ways of measuring. So if, if and again, I go back to losing weight just because it's something we all can relate to that we want to do. I know I want to do it. Um, but I, I realized that sometimes I would work out super hard, eat right for a whole week, and I wouldn't lose one single pound. And then what could happen is I would get discouraged and say, oh, this is not working. I'll just go eat the ice cream sundae. But then I start realizing, you know what? Maybe what I have to do is I have to measure inches too. I have to take a tape measure and I have to measure the different inches in the area where I want to lose because maybe I'm not losing pounds. I'm losing fat. I'm losing inches. Or maybe I'm gaining muscle. 
So I think one of the things to prevent being discouraged or, or getting into that zone or feel like something isn't working is we have to find multiple ways to measure if we're getting progress. You know, so the, there's multiple ways to see the growth. Well, you know, one of the things that Ryan has said to me, it, it's like I have to, it took me a while to kind of wrap my mind around the idea of celebrating small things. It doesn't matter how small, it's, it's celebrate, celebrate these things. And that's what I like about your GPS system because you're talking about pulling things apart. That's what we try to advocate, pull things apart, take the larger goal, pull it apart and, and get smaller, more manageable chunks because these little things add up to success and you get a chain of success, you get momentum, uh, how, how, uh, how, what are some of the ways that you, you help people build that momentum so that they're, uh, they're actually moving forward and that they're looking at uh, things that can be measured? Mm. I think that anytime you start a goal, you need a springboard. You need a way to have a, a, at least a small success in a fairly short period of time so that the motivation stays high for you to continue. Um, and so I think even, and I go back again to losing weight, it may be that, you know, you have a week where there's a, a cleanse or a fast or something like that that's a little simpler to do that actually gets off three to four pounds and then all of a sudden you kind of jumpstart everything or kickstart it. You know, when I'm doing real estate, a lot of times I'll give my students a kickstart course, which basically is a simple course with four or five simple instructions that allows you to go out and see progress instantly so you're motivated to continue. And that's it. Sometimes it's hard. We have to look back. That's the, the beauty and importance of making a list. And uh, when somebody hasn't been, uh, been doing things, they start working with you and uh, they're not stuck. But, you know, you go a week and they're just on fire. And you talk to them maybe a few days or a week later uh, and they don't just have a list. They start off with a list of three things, and the next time you talk to them, they've got war and peace in front of them. How do you help them manage that process? Because that, can it, does it go from one extreme to the other? And, and how do you sort of, uh, because they're enthusiastic, you don't want to dampen that, but how do you kind of um, Real that in, as it were, to, to, to keep somebody from overextending themselves. And, and that's, that's the crash. When we, we, when we were first talking about GPS, and we talked about setting goals in multiple areas of your life, a lot of times that's the crash. When something happens in the personal life because you didn't set a goal in that area, and then all of a sudden you can't focus on the business life, or something's happening um, with you physically because you didn't set you know, goals in that area. So that's a lot of times why those crashes come up. And if you align, that doesn't happen as often. And what I mean by that, too, is if you think about a lot of pro athletes who didn't study finance, now all of a sudden they get a contract, they get millions of dollars, life starts to go fast, and now you start to see all these other issues. Well, they didn't focus on their spirituality, so now there's issues that come up. Uh, they didn't focus on learning their financial pieces about money. And now they start having money problems. And when they leave the NBA or the NFL, they're broke. You know, they didn't align everything. So when life starts to go fast, you know, there's a crash that happens. So we have to balance out all those areas in our life and set goals in those individual areas from financial to physical to spiritual to family to spouse to home to auto. I mean, I break, you know, I, when I have my system in place, I have home, auto, style, fashion, um, everything, because there's, there has to be a balance in there that all of these things are important to my life. And if I neglect them, there's going to be a consequence at some point in time. And that's the crash, that consequence that comes from, the, from not actually balancing everything out. I mean, it's, it's simple, but it's complicated. Uh, it's simple because all you have to do is sit down with a piece of paper and say, you know what, what do I want in my physical life? What do I want my health to be like? You know what, what I want my relationship with my creator to be like? What do I want my relationship to be like with my kids? You know, how, you know, am I going to once a week, you know, take my kids on a date? You know, sometimes couples do date nights. What about your kids? Like a date night with your kids where you say, you know what, I'm going to take two hours once a week and spend with each kid because, you know, you can have two, three kids and not know them as individuals. You have to have that individual time as well. 
you know, or what about your spouse where, you know, after being in a relationship for so many years, you start to be more like roommates than you are lovers. There's no romance. Uh, and that's because you didn't set a goal for that to happen and you didn't focus on it. So it didn't come to fruition. It never really happened. You know, I saw Hugh on his birthday. He was out of the concert with his wife on the date. I said, man, I was like, go Hugh. That, that's GPS and, and, and works. It work, you know. Yeah. Kind of keeping, keeping the juices going. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he said to her, honey, you should probably drive because now I've added a little bit on. And because of my age and mental condition, I forgot, <laughs> my, way. I forgot my way to the theater. And she probably said, just turn on the GPS. Turn on the GPS. Yeah, that's exactly probably what happened. <laughs> my, wife, my wife taught me the harassment's a form of affection, so I'm getting some of that now. <laughs> I only torture people I love. So oh, that's yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking to people that, that we love, you know, I, I, I think that what happens, uh, what happened to me, I, I, I said I was going to do some things. And, you know, your family, they, they, they may hear some of these grand ideas and schemes and, and they go, ah, yeah, there he goes again. You know? <laughs> and uh, so there's, there, there could be a little skepticism from those that are close to us. And it's easy for a bachelor like me, but you, you, if you get somebody that, that is married and they have a family, uh, uh, sometimes uh, that natural resistance that we have within ourselves, it, it comes from people around us. Uh, so what, what are some ways you, you help people address that? Because that's very real. And that there's a lot of pressure with, with children and spouse and other obligations. I believe every new ideal is born drowning. And what I mean by that is when you first come up with something in the first few minutes, the moment that um, you come up with it, it's best not to share it. It's, it's better to fully develop it. Because what ends up happening is someone can say something negative and it automatically starts to kill that dream because you haven't fully completed the vision. And if you are going to share that idea, don't share it with anybody that's going to say something negative right away. Go to your support system. Go to your mastermind. Go to the people that's going to tell you how to make it happen, not the people that are going to tell you um, what could happen if you start to move in that way. So, you know, I, I always believe, you know, when if I come up with a great idea, I don't even want to share it. If I, if I come up with a new book idea, there's certain people I'm not going to share it with, you know, unless it's like a Hugh or a Russ, somebody that's going to say, you know what, Joe? You should do this with that. And then they started to pour into that idea, breathe life into it, uh, giving me positive feedback. Okay, yeah, that's important. Use the support systems that are available and uh, keep, uh, keep moving. You. I have a contrasting uh, perspective on that. Sorry, there's some people out around me. But I, I, my A, as you guys know, my A of smart goals is accountable. And I find there's power in sharing it. And I find motivation when you're, just like you said, Joe, when you write a goal and people are like, yeah, let me connect you with some people. I think I can help you with that. That's one powerful way of motivating ourselves with our goals by sharing it. Another one is what Russ brought up. You share it and people go, ha, you're going to do what? I call that motivation. You know, watch me. <laughs> and so, you know, there's, there's a twist on that piece. So I, I think you can win. So uh, we're coming up to our last five minutes here. So, um, uh, Russ, do you have any more questions, or we want, do we want to let Joe do a, a final tip or piece of advice for people? Well, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I could spend all day asking questions, but I'd really, really love for Joe to put a nice bow on it uh, and, and talk to people because they face all of these doubts. And, and uh, as I said before, the system is deceptively simple in 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 the concept of its intent. But, you know, taking that initial step, just taking that initial step, no matter how overwhelmed you are. So uh, I would love to, to, to have you talk to people about how they can, how they can do that and how they can fight that fear off and, and, and move through that. Well, I think that, you know, go through the system, like you said, is really simple. Figure out what it is you want your goal. Uh, and he spoke briefly about smart goals and you could easily, and I'll be happy to put up a link to what actually a smart goal sheet that people can use. Um, and, and smart goals are basically the goals should be specific. Um, the goals should be measurable. It should be um, 
what's the A, Hugh? I forgot. What's the A? Accountable. Accountable. He said it before. Accountable, uh, realistic, and time sensitive. So I'll put up some smart goal sheets on my website that people can get and you can use when you're setting your goals. But, you know, I like to keep it simple. And that's why I kind of came up with the acronym GPS. You know, know your goal, know why you want the goal, and what are the steps to getting it? You know, simple steps. If it's five steps, 10 steps, whatever the steps are. Uh, one of my goals, and I'll tell you guys one of my goals, is to help 100 people make $10,000 in real estate investing. Um, and also to anyone who's on the actual podcast, if they'll go to drjoewhite.com slash free gift, I'm going to put up smart goal sheets. I'll give them a book on um, actual uh, goal setting and I'll actually give them my free real estate kickstart course. So that's quite a bit of stuff. And it's Dr. Joe White, D-R-J-O-E-W-H-I-T-E slash free gift. And they can have all of that stuff for us as they go there. Good. I put that link up in the chat and uh, that's great stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. So it's just well, thank you. We'll make sure that link, excuse me, uh, Ross, we'll make sure that link is in the notes for the podcast and on the page for the nonprofit exchange, the nonprofitexchange.org. We'll put uh, those links on that page. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it in the chat here. And so this is wonderful stuff, Joe. I, I love the system. I'm going to go have a look at that okay. uh, and uh, love to talk to you a little bit further. Um, Most definitely, Russ. Been out to some other people here sometime soon. I, I'm here to help anybody I can. I enjoy helping. I think service is super important, and I want to serve and be a servant and help in any way I possibly can. Um, we all have something, some things we want to achieve. We all want to be better. You know, I would just say to everybody, you know, now is the time. You know, if not now, when? That's what I always ask people. Now is the time. Any closer to you? Time is now. Time is now. Russ, those were really good questions. And Joe, I'm, you know, I teach goals, but like I said earlier in the broadcast, um, Joe did this module in my my workshop in uh, Winston Salem, and he, or no, it was in Raleigh. Um, he actually did a better job than I do teaching my modules. So uh, I wanted to have him here and do that. And when, uh, when Russ does a module, he does a better job than me. So one way it look really good is to surround you, yourself with people better than you are, which is what Russ talked about earlier. Joe, um, thank you so much for being a guest today. And uh, Russ, thank you for being my, my co-host in this and crafting such great questions. So Joe, we will put your information on the podcast and on the site. And um, thank you for the offer and the free gift for people. Thank you, Hugh. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.